Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. might drive you a little bit nuts about Johan Oviedo, and I say this in a good way, believe it or not, is that he's got everything. There's not a piece that he's missing, and by that I mean a piece to become a really, really good pitcher. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning from Milwaukee. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into Football and or hockey, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins in the same place that you found this. Pirates 4, Brewers 1, and it was, let's put it this way, it was so thorough that for all the 5 billion losses I've covered in that ballpark, I really didn't think the Pirates were going to blow this one. There were some jokes about it in the press box, as there always is, but... I just didn't feel it, which in and of itself was a weird feeling. And that was because of Oviedo more than anyone else. Seven scoreless innings, two hits, single and a double. Really didn't even face a solid threat from the Milwaukee lineup. And he ended up coming away with his fourth really Good start out of the last five, and by that I mean out of those four starts, he allowed one or fewer earned runs in all of those. And this is this is the beginning of a trend. His ERA, just going to throw this in parenthetically, but it is relevant, is now lower than Mitch Keller's. He is the staff leader at the moment. And, and hang on, can I just do another parenthetical thing? Okay, this is why I hate picking all-stars based on first-half performance. I've put this into print. I'm going to repeat it here as well. Pick your all-stars based on how they did over the past full year, meaning the second half of the previous season and the first half of the ongoing season. Only fair way to do it. What's harder in baseball? Having a good first half or having a good second half? You know, when you've started to wear down, when people have started to get on to what it is that you're trying to do and everything else. Okay, enough parentheses here. Oviedo's turning into a pretty promising pitcher. But why is it that it feels like it's not okay to talk about him in that tone? 
Well, it's because every once in a while, he'll go south and he'll go south in a big hurry, meaning in the first inning of a game. And I asked him after this game why it is that that's not happening anymore. Do you feel like you're just going at guys now? I felt like right now that I'm like just using more of my fastball to strike zone. You know, just getting more ahead with it and like using more, have more confidence with it. So I feel like that's pretty much like the key. Does that allow you to think more aggressively? It just like covers more of my breaking stuff. You know, my slider and curveballs are makes sense. better because I'm using more of my fastballs. I asked Derek Shelton about this same thing. Is there anything different about his first inning approach? Yeah, that was a true, that was a problem for him for a while. Too. Yeah, I, I just think just being a little bit more aggressive. The, conversa- the conversations have been like, hey, you need to go right after people and trust your stuff in, in the first inning because, you know, like we've talked about, the stuff really plays. Now, did you notice that the manager was a whole lot more comfortable answering that question than the pitcher was? I tried, I can tell you now, two, three additional times. I don't remember exactly how many. To get something out of him. But nothing came. He just didn't want anything to do with it. Which leads me to believe this is kind of a sensitive subject. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. I ask the questions. He can either give the answers or not. But he's past it. That's what matters. At least for now. And he's past it, as you just heard from both him and the manager, because he's taking a much more direct route. He's being aggressive. His fastball comes with natural movement. It comes with enough natural movement that if he throws it into a zone, a hitting zone, that you'd normally like to avoid, there's a decent chance it's going to move on its own to a non-hitting zone. Something Kip Wells used to talk about all the time back when he was with the Pirates that he had this natural flow to his fastball and that all he needed to do was that Charlie Morton did the same thing, early Charlie, before he figured it all out. So maybe that's the thing with Oviedo. Maybe it's just a matter of him harnessing how he goes aggressively at guys the first time through the order, especially in the very first inning. Trusts his stuff, uses the fastball like you heard him say, to set up his off-speed pitches, and maybe there's something there. You know, maybe there's something really good there. But I'm going to say this again. You just look at him. This is a this guy was born to be a pitcher. He has the pitcher physique. He's, he's tall, has the broad shoulders, looks like he could hold up through 200 innings from now until the end of time. But man, so much of what those guys do is mental and Well, we'll see. If he's gotten past it, if he's gotten past it for real, then the Pirates might really have something. That's as far as I'll go on that right now. When we come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern. That's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone. An eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. 
It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Your front door, your car, your bike, your computer, your gun. Safety is a habit. Every day you lock and secure your home and everything you want to keep safe. Gun safety and responsible storage are no different and the best way to help prevent accidents, misuse, and theft. If you have a firearm, own it, respect it, and secure it. Visit projectchildsafe.org. Brought to you by the National Shooting Sports Foundation and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Today's J1Q comes from Cody, who asks, DK, I know we've all said this at some point, but can Bob Nutting just sell the team? Quite frankly, it's disrespectful to the city. It's disrespectful to the players who worked their way to get to the majors. It's disrespectful to the franchise and its history. There's neglect to a certain degree until it becomes intentional. He needs to sell and never return. It's insulting to everyone. Cody, you're correct. These do come and they come a lot. They come disproportionately uh, as a percentage over the stuff that's actually about baseball. I know who owns the baseball team is about baseball, but you know what I'm saying when I say that. And every once in a while, I like to take one just so that I don't look like I'm deliberately ignoring them. I have nothing new to say on that front. You quite honestly didn't have anything new to say with the opinion that you expressed. I'm sure you were just venting. And that's part of what this process is. Meaning, for whatever reason, whether you're born or raised in Pittsburgh, uh, whether you're someone who has family, whether you're someone who just has an attachment to the franchise because of Roberto Clemente or something that happened in the 1970s, or maybe you're just an Andrew McCutcheon fan. I hear from some of those. This is the team you picked. And this is the owner who picked this team to buy, to swallow up really over time, the way he bought out minority investors along the way. Inherited it, obviously, from his father. And he's not going anywhere. I have pressed every conceivable button to try to find any sort of, you know, chink in the armor 
to find if there's anything there to any notion that he might sell at some future point. And he was the one who several years ago made news in an interview with me saying that he would someday like to pass it along to his daughters. And that probably should have sucked the life out of that concept once and for all. He's since reiterated it. And that's just, you can't fire an owner. You can't wish and hope that an owner goes away. When I had seen more than enough mismanagement by the prior front office and prior baseball ops people and saw that and felt that nothing was going to do nothing about them. For me, that was a bridge too far. I, I said this many, many times. He's not a good owner, but he's not a good owner for very different reasons than the ones that people usually give. Everyone just brings it down to payroll. It's not the payroll is a very, very small component to it. He doesn't hire good people. He doesn't step in when he needs to step in. And then when he eventually gets around to doing the right thing and firing them, then he doesn't hire good people the next time around. That's that's a problem. If you want to condense that to being cheap or whatever, you're just going to be flat out wrong because they're paying their general manager and manager and coaches and scouts and everything else the same everybody else is. They are. It's just that everyone's trying to ride the same narrative, even if it's faulty. The real issue is that he's just not good at this. You know, if you put me in charge of an Italian restaurant, I could spend the rest of my life studying cuisine, elite cuisine. I could I could try to actually cook for the first time in my life, but I'd never pull it off and my restaurant would be a disaster. And so would my hiring process because I would keep hiring the wrong people because I wouldn't know that just because they're Italian means that they'd be good Italian chefs. This is this is what you're dealing with here. Now, can they win with him as owner? I have an impossible time saying no to that. And this is coming from somebody who's been as outspoken as anyone in the country when it comes to baseball needing a salary cap because I saw them win 98 games with my own eyes in 2015 with him as owner. I saw them make three consecutive playoff appearances with him as owner. Certain things have to happen underneath, and I've written and spoken this a lot over the years, principally at field level. Just like what happened from 2013 to 15, you had a certain group of players who would not be denied and who did the pushing upward to make sure everything was being done the right way for them to advance. But you know what? When they did that, he responded. He really did. There's not one guy from those teams that has a bad thing to say about Nutting or his support of those teams. What's happened since then? He just keeps hiring more bad people and they don't know what they're doing and they can't acquire talent. They can't develop talent. Then once it gets to the majors, even if they've climbed those hurdles individually, they can't instruct the talent. That's that's on the owner because everything's on the owner, but it's not payroll. I appreciate the question. I appreciate you bringing it up. I really do. And I'll take these again from time to time, but... 
my stance isn't going to change on this stuff. You know, he is who he is and there's nothing you can do about it. I'm traveling back to Pittsburgh today. The Pirates are facing the Braves at PNC Park for the next four games. So if anybody got excited about this little four-game split in Milwaukee, just wait till you see this next opponent.